WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. A letter has been sent to the U.S. Department of Energy by a coalition of environmental groups asking that it hold the Palisades nuclear power plant to a high standard as it considers giving a loan to plant owner Holtec. Beyond Nuclear's Kevin Camps tells us Holtec is seeking a $1 billion loan from the department to get Palisades restarted. He says the Department of Energy should, should review whether the Palisades plan is in compliance with the National Environmental Policy Act. Well, we've certainly heard no talk from Holtec or the Nuclear Regulatory Commission or the Department of Energy to undertake a review of past environmental impact statements. The last one done was in 2006. It was associated with the 20-year license extension, which we also resisted. Camp says with a plan as big as restarting a nuclear reactor, there should be an environmental impact study. Here we go again. This is a bill dollar pot of money, and we're just asking for the Department of Energy to be legally compliant in all regards before it grants this money. The state has already allocated $150 million to help Holtec restart Palisades with a promise of another $150 million if that federal loan is approved. Camps says Holtec wouldn't have to pay it back. He notes that Holtec has indicated that Halloween is the deadline for when it needs to hear back from the Department of Energy, so we should be getting some more news soon. Two people have tested positive for West Nile virus in West Michigan. Both cases are in Ottawa County. The Ottawa County Department of Health says both are hospitalized, and neither of the individuals have traveled recently, so it's believed they contracted the illness from mosquitoes in Michigan. Berrien County Health Officer Guy Miller tells us some people get West Nile virus and never even know it. However, it can be a major problem when serious. If you do get bitten in 3 to 14 days, you're experiencing some sort of a symptom from that bite. It would be something like headaches, body aches, joint pain, and fatigue. Now, about 1 in 150 infected people can develop a serious case, and it gets serious when it leads to encephalitis or meningitis. Although that's very rare, and if those type of symptoms aren't treated, it can be fatal. Miller says the best way to avoid West Nile virus is to avoid mosquito bites. That means using insect repellent and wearing long sleeves and pants. He notes this is the time of year when health officials would expect to see West Nile virus before the first freeze. He recommends removing water on your property and staying inside around dusk and dawn. The Berrien County Opioid Settlement Task Force has delivered a proposal to the Berrien County Board of Commissioners regarding $4 million the county is receiving as a result of a multi-state opioid settlement with several drug companies. Speaking to commissioners this morning, Berrien County Health Officer Guy Miller said the task force is recommending the county commission put out a request for proposals to find an organization to draft a plan for the money. There's a lot of intricacies in the opioid world and the substance use disorder world that we would propose that there's a proposal review team that's assembled that can help review and score these templates. We are going to need corporate counsel input. We're going to need financial services to review these documents and these processes. We're going to need a long-term evaluation team. Commissioner Terry Freeling said the task force has made collaboration a focus when it comes to fighting opioid abuse. We heard from the experts around the table of what they're seeing in Berrien County and what their needs would be. And that's one of the reasons why we prioritize collaboration so high is because really we want that synergy of working together, the handoffs from different programs so that there is no siloing. A detailed proposal was not delivered to commissioners, but instead an RFP for them to seek one. Miller said priorities include training, first responder strategies, and workforce development. The county is receiving its opioid settlement money over 18 years, so this is a long-term plan. A 23-year-old Waterville Elite man is drowned in Paw Paw Lake. 
The Darien County Sheriff's Department says deputies were called to the lake in Waterville about 5.40 p.m. yesterday on a report of a man pulled from the water unresponsive. 23-year-old Hunter Baldwin had been seen by witnesses fishing from the kayak about 70 to 80 yards offshore, and at one point his kayak was spotted flipped over with Baldwin struggling. Witnesses were able to reach him and pull him back to a dock, but it was too late. Deputies performed CPR until an ambulance arrived, but Baldwin was dead at the scene. He was found wearing a life jacket. An autopsy will be done at Western Michigan University to determine a cause of death, and police say it does not appear there's anything suspicious about the drowning. The Benton Harbor Community Development Corporation has launched a new effort to revitalize the area known as the Empire Corridor. Director Ashley Hines tells us the Empire Corridor is the area around Empire and Broadway. She tells us it was once a thriving commercial district but now only has one liquor store. Supporters of the new Transformation Beyond Imagination initiative are talking about ways to spur residential development in the area. We're also working with property owners of the existing commercial district to help them revitalize their space and get new business ventures in that area. Hines says this will be a six to eight month effort. Throughout this project, we'll have some additional listening sessions. We'll also be taking field trips to other communities, one of them being next week to South Bend to visit the near Northwest community and really just creating opportunities for people to fellowship with residents and other communities who are working to do the same thing. Listening sessions, workshops, and more are planned in the coming months as a plan for the Empire Corridor is developed. Hines says they'll eventually have a report and work with city commissioners. The initiative kicks off tonight with a listening session at the African American History and Literature Gallery on Broadway. We'll have a link to more information on the initiative at our website. Berrien County Veterans Services will hold a Veterans Standdown event tomorrow at the Berrien County Health Department's conference room on Napier Avenue in Benton Harbor. Veterans Services Director Maureen Adams tells us Stand Down will feature a variety of service agencies to tell veterans about the help that's available to them. We've got like the Blue Star Moms, we've got Pets for Patriots, we've got One Troop, uh, Volunteers of America, Two Men on a Mission, True Top 1%. These are primarily organizations that were started by veterans that filled different niches for the community. Adams says Veterans Stand Down started about a decade ago at first just for homeless veterans. Over time, it expanded to cover all veterans. The event tomorrow will include lunch and a chance to pick up some surplus military gear. The veterans stand-down starts at 9 a.m. tomorrow and runs through 1 p.m. Lunch will be at 11. Veterans who attend should bring along a proof of service. And an event to raise funds for the Avenue Family Network's Cora Lamping Center for survivors of domestic and sexual violence will be held at the Four Winds Casino next month. The Avenue's Loretta Hillock tells us the second annual author event will be October 4th with author Phyllis M- Michael Wong. She'll discuss stories of women who worked in factories and kept their towns going during the Great Depression. Hillock says last year's author event was a hit. This is our second event, and we're very excited about having another one this year. hope to be able to continue to make this something that we do every year. The presentation, We Kept Our Towns Going, the Gossard Girls of Michigan's Upper Peninsula, will run from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the casino on the 4th. Tickets are $75, and all proceeds go to the Cora Lamping Center. Hillock tells us the Cora Lamping Center is the only shelter for domestic violence survivors in the Benton Harbor area. It has 23 beds and gives women a place to stay while getting back on their feet following a bad experience. The goal of the event is to raise $25,000 for the center. We'll have a link to more information on our website. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report.
WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. It's the latest example of dysfunction in the GOP-controlled U.S. House and government in general. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he's frustrated by the repeated failure of a procedural vote to bring up a defense spending bill. More from ABC's Stephen Portnoy. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says a small slice of his own caucus seeks to, in his words, burn the whole place down. That doesn't work. Twice this week, Republicans have failed to advance a Pentagon spending bill. A small number of recalcitrant conservatives joined with Democrats to defeat a procedural vote. One explicitly said he did so to stick it to McCarthy as a warning shot ahead of a possible vote on a short-term government funding bill, which that faction also opposes. The measure, which would slash spending, would stave off a government shutdown, but it's already seen as dead on arrival in the Senate. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. After a dip in illegal crossings that followed policy changes in May, the Biden administration is again on its heels as more asylum seekers cross the U.S. border from Mexico. In Southern California, migrants camp in remote areas waiting to be processed. In Eagle Pass, Texas, nearly 6,000 migrants entered in two days, prompting authorities to close a border crossing to reassign officials to the influx. Border crossings have closed for similar reasons in San Diego and El Paso. On Wednesday, the administration announced measures to address the influx, including temporary legal status and work permits for nearly 500,000 Venezuelans. The Pentagon is announcing it's releasing more aid to Ukraine as that nation's president visits Washington. More if maybe he's Andy Field. The latest aid to Ukraine is from money already approved by Congress. What you can expect the package to include will be more air defense and artillery capabilities to support the Ukrainian armed forces. Pentagon spokesman General Pat Ryder. U.S. has already sent more than $130 billion in aid to Ukraine. President Biden asking Congress for $24 billion more, which has stalled passing a budget in the House. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky delivering an upbeat message to U.S. lawmakers in a whirlwind visit to Washington this week. Zelensky briefed lawmakers on the state of the war today and told them Ukrainians are winning. Zelensky was facing Republicans who are now questioning the flow of American dollars that for 19 months have helped to keep his troops in the fight against Russian forces. Zelensky will also meet with President Biden at the White House. It is Zelensky's second visit to Washington since Russia invaded and comes as Biden's request for to Congress for another $24 billion for Ukraine hanging in the balance. Canada's diplomatic war with India has not been going well. Canada has asserted India may have been involved in an assassination on its soil. More from ABC's Tom Rivers. The serious accusation was recently presented to Indian leader Narendra Modi. These allegations were raised by Prime Minister Trudeau with Prime Minister and Prime Minister rejected them. Foreign Affairs spokesman Arindam Bagchi. We are willing to look at any specific information that is provided to us, but so far we have not received any such specific information. As to possible motivations. To us, it seems, or it appears that these allegations by the government of Canada are primarily politically driven. The latest diplomatic downturn, India's halted all visa services for citizens of Canada. Tom Rivers, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. America is getting even fatter. More from ABC's Brian Clark. Ten years ago, there were no states where at least 35% of adults had obesity. The latest numbers from the CDC now show at least 22 states have an obesity prevalence of 35% or more. They include populous states like Texas, Ohio, and Georgia, and less populated states like North Dakota and Delaware. Obesity is defined as a body mass index greater than 25. It's been linked with an increased risk of numerous health problems, including heart disease, stroke, and type 2 diabetes. Brian Clark, ABC News. 
And some popular authors, including John Grisham, are suing the parent company of ChatGPT over the use of their books to train AI. More if maybe he's Jason Davidson. John Grisham involved in a hot legal case seems very on brand, but it's not his latest legal thriller. It's a class action lawsuit filed by Grisham, Game of Thrones creator George R.R. R. Martin, and others against the company OpenAI, maker of ChatGPT. The authors say their works were used to train AI without their consent, and that's a clear copyright violation. They want unspecified damages. OpenAI says in a statement that they are working with many groups on their concerns over AI, and they're optimistic they'll find a solution that will benefit everyone. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood.